Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another exciting episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So I know this episode is a little late. Um, I had a family emergency that happened on Saturday of last week, so I wasn't able to get this episode completely finished in time to be dropped on Monday like I normally do, but I hope to be back on track uh, within the next few weeks. I still have everybody scheduled to come on. Um, The guy that was supposed to be on this next week, um, he's still uh, going to come on and talk with me, but I'm going to have to work him in the schedule a little later. But, you know, uh, when family things happen and uh, people need you, you got to drop everything and just go sometimes and just kind of go with the flow. And I'm just thankful that everybody was really understanding uh, when it came to what was going on and everything. And I'm thankful that everything worked out. Um, For those of you that know, uh, my dad was in the hospital. As I'm recording this, he got to come home yesterday. So I'm very thankful for that. He's doing a lot better. I thank you for everybody who's reached out and asked about him. You guys are awesome. So this week I have with me Jackie Naiman Jones, and this lady was amazing to have on. She was a lot of fun to talk to. She had a lot of insight into uh, the movie that she was a part of. When she was six years old, she was in a movie called Manos, The Hands of Fate. And uh, we're gonna talk about that today. We're also gonna kind of talk about Um, A few other things that she's done in her career and a few things that she has planned in the future for her career as well. This turned out to be a pretty awesome episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So if you're as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey dad. Get back in your car. Go! Get out of here! You can't be here! I wasn't about to call you dad, so... <laughs> Seriously? Just for the, you know, the, the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, she said he looked like an old piece of leather. Oh, that's <laughs> wow! Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows, and I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro! I just remember because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes, (laughs) What? All right, before I get started, I just want to talk about R&L Designs for all of your custom hat, cup, shirt needs, even key fobs. If you need any of this stuff customized, go to R&L Designs. They have everything that you could ever want or need. They have some of the best prices that I've seen. They have some of the best stuff that I've seen. Um, just go over to their Facebook page, and that's RL Designs. I'll put a link to them in my show notes. Also, if you would like to get a hold of them, you can reach them at RANDLDesigns19 at gmail.com. That, once again, that's RAND. Ldesigns19 at gmail.com for all of your custom needs hit them up today give them a like give them a follow all right everybody so today I have with me Jackie Naiman Jones she was in a what would be considered a cult classic now in the 1960s called Manos, The Hands of Fate. Um, she's done a few other movies since then, and I believe that she has a, another series based off that coming out soon, and she's done some artwork and design, and we have her on the show today, and I'm really excited to have her. So, Jackie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to have you on here. Um, we set this up a, a minute ago, so it's uh, been coming for a while now. Yeah, yeah. So you started out in an acting career at a very young age. I think I read that it was you were six years old whenever you were in your first movie, which was The Monos Hands of Fate, correct? 
Yes, my dad was a local community theater actor in El Paso, Texas, and uh, he'd been in a lot of theater, a lot of plays, and um, since college, actually. And uh, when he had the opportunity or was asked to be in this film and playing the lead role, um, one of the reasons he was picked, besides the fact that he played a lot of leading roles in theater, but um, Hal Warren, who created the film, knew that my dad had a, a lot of other necessary things for the film. Uh, he was an artist as well, and so he created all the the props and uh yeah he i mean he did all the props in the in the film and the sculptures the painting um he had welding equipment so he made the torgo staff and oh, wow. uh, and then my mother was a teacher but she is a very good seamstress and really she made all my clothes but so she made the master the master's robe she and my dad designed it and then uh she also made the wife's costumes and my little Debbie's dress, which actually was disappointing because it came out of my closet. And uh, the Doberman, they needed a hellhound and the Doberman in the film was actually our family dog. Oh. And our car was in it. My grandmother's, <laughs> my great grandmother, uh, the quilt she made was on the bed. I mean, <laughs> to me, it was more like our car was in it. I mean, uh -huh. you know, to me, it was more like a, a family film <laughs> you know but they needed they needed a kid they needed a little girl and so um my dad asked if i was interested in being that little girl and i was kind of shy at the time so i remember saying quietly well i don't know and my dad said well that's okay honey we can just we can go find another little girl i'm like no <laughs> other little girls hanging out with my dad this summer so that's how i got into it <laughs> well and from what you said it there was a lot of familiarity to uh for you there so i'm sure that that helped with the nerves you know having the family dog there because i i, I know um so there was another dog in the movie as well is was that an actor's dog or was that one of yours as well that was Hal Warren's dog, and he's the one who wrote, directed, and uh, starred in it as uh, the father, Mike. Okay. So that was his dog, Pepe, uh -huh. and uh, Pepe was not uh, the greatest tempered little poodle. He he didn't particularly like children either, so he was a little hard to hang on to. I remember that, and so they killed him off pretty early in the film, which was good just to get him out of the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do I, I do remember that he seemed very squirmy whenever you're trying to sit there hold him and everything so and oh he yeah just, he just runs off into the dark never to be seen again <laughs> well they when they killed him remember my dad and how pulling me aside and uh, yes. showing me this um stuffed animal poodle oh. and they had torn open its belly to reveal all the you know the uh -huh. stuffing and they poured stage blood on it and in the low light they figured it would look real which uh -huh. you know it didn't but i remember them showing me this thing and saying and you know trying to reassure me that they weren't actually going to kill the poodle and i was thinking even you know i was a pretty bright six-year-old but most six-year-olds could figure that out you know and I remember kind of rolling my eyes and like, yeah, like, I think that was real. <laughs> I mean, even I knew there was problems way, way back in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know there's, I, I didn't know if uh, you wanted to talk about that side of it or not, but I don't know if it's been actually deemed that or not, but there are, I saw a bunch of comments out there about it being one of the worst movies ever filmed. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's actually been it, given that title or what oh yeah yeah it's been titled the worst movie ever made and i've had a lot of people over the years like trying to bait that with me and go it's not the worst movie i'm like well yeah i know that but <laughs> um you know mystery science theater when it came out it 
it and i've met joel and uh, the mads frank and trace i've had the opportunity to talk to all these guys uh-huh. mary joe peel and jonah ray and and uh in fact i wrote a book about it and and joel hodgson wrote the uh the foreword to my book but you know when it came out on mystery science theater it just it struck the audience in a way that it became an instant hit and it actually won their turkey day awards oh two or three times over the years but the fans the fans hold on to that title of the worst movie ever made in the most loving way yeah you know and uh but i've been interviewed by you know like entertainment weekly and playboy magazine and uh even on the cover of Playboy, you know, it says the worst movie. It's like the battle. The title of the article is the battle over the worst movie ever made. Because oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, a big debate at one point between uh, Hal Warren's son and uh, some of us that were carrying the torch for Monos over the years and keeping it alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is I was... Uh... Uh, even watching it myself, I was highly entertained by watching it, you know, and I do know from reading that um, it did really have a a bang, you know, almost, what was yeah. it, now, when it came out, it was in 93 on the... Mystery um, Science Theater. On yeah. the Mystery Science Theater. So that was almost 30 years later, and it was almost like a resurgence for it, or, you know, it was like a breath of fresh air for it. And Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in fact... Um, it was so bad in the beginning and everybody knew it that um it had a big fanfare premiere mm-hmm. on november 15th 1966 and uh it was so bad that the cast and crew were felt trapped in the theater and when it was over they just got the hell out of there as quick as they could and i don't think even anybody went to the the cast party but um you know it just the entertainment people everybody in el paso was the the theater community the creative community was pretty tight-knit and mm-hmm. and they liked my dad and they liked people that were part of mono so they were very gracious for the most part and letting it just disappear and it did it disappeared almost virtually for 27 years i mean as i was growing up i really held on to the memories because to me it was the best summer of my life as a kid and i could yeah and (laughs) i couldn't find it i mean it was nowhere i couldn't find it i've learned over the years that it did play in some uh, drive-in theaters for a while. It was like the third movie on horror movie night. It was the one designed to get people to go home or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, and I have heard people tell me they'd seen it on some really late night shows here and there, but it was pretty much gone. And then Frank found it as he was looking for films and by the grace of God that it was in public domain because uh-huh. Hal Warren somehow missed getting a trademark on it, you know, and no. uh, yeah, uh, otherwise Mystery Science Theater never would have touched it because they only do public domain film. Okay, yeah. And uh, so they found it, and they showed it, even against their better judgment. I mean, they told me that... Um, you know the way they did movies was during lunch they would put on a movie that you know one of the that frank had found and they'd watch it and they'd kind of riff it while they were having lunch and uh-huh. decide if they were going to do it or not and monos they all agreed later that they watched it and every one of them was thinking secretly that you know i don't know about this <laughs> So but it went through and oh, wow. uh, they did it very reluctantly. And uh, Joel has told me it was one of the hardest movies to riff. It was not easy. <laughs> wow, so they really didn't, they didn't want to even touch it at first. 
that wow no and it was just because nobody spoke up at lunchtime that it made it through <laughs> well so it, it made it onto there and i know that now um there's actually fan pages and stuff on social media that you can get on and uh, i actually uh, joined one just recently um and it's fan page for you specifically but you do see a oh, lot my, of okay. Yeah, you see a lot of different people posting things. Like I saw somebody posted some, I think it was asparagus, and they said how it looked like oh, yeah. staff from, uh, from Mono's. <laughs> and it did. It looked like, yeah, this growing asparagus looked like Torgo's hand, uh, you know, yeah. staff. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's like um, I had kind of a fan page before it was a monos hands fate fan page that i was running and then uh-huh. uh i met someone who who asked uh to take it on mm-hmm. and um and so we changed it to the jackie Neiman jones fan page because i do so many other things besides monos and it was an opportunity to do to bring all my things into one place but i've been really having a good time watching the fan engagement i mean the people are really chiming in and bringing some interesting things you know that i've never seen some great artwork and uh, memes and it's been a lot of fun the engagement i mean the mystery science theater crowd is they're my people you know i say there it's like that's my tribe when i learned about this i just it's amazing. They're they're funny. They're they're witty. Uh, a little bit snarky sometimes, <laughs> but that they're really intelligent, and creative, and a lot of fun. I I just couldn't imagine better opportunities than to to communicate and hang out with these people. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and that's what makes it you know all that more fun is when you have somebody else to kind of talk with about it and hear what they have to say about it, you know, that makes it not only, I'm sure it helps with, for you, it helps you to relive that. Like you said, it's a fond memory for you because it's something that you got to do with your dad. And so I'm sure seeing other people show that love for it just makes it feel all that much more better for you. Well, yeah. I mean, even uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, she did it on her show once and, Oh, I got cool. to meet her in person several years ago because we just happened to be um, celebrity guests at the same convention. Uh-huh. And uh, I I mean, she had bodyguards. I didn't have bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's got staff. Oh, yeah. And uh, she had a huge line of people. And I was taking a break one day and I was trying to figure out how to get over there and say hi you know and let her know who i was and i did i i just kind of snuck in there because nobody was really looking in my direction and tapped her on the shoulder and told her real quickly who i was and and uh right before her bodyguard i mean her her bodyguard there was getting up out of her chair i was like oh i'm in trouble <laughs> and then and then she realized who I was and she got so excited it was really great we got a picture together and Definitely. she wanted to ask me all these questions I mean it was clear that she not only did the movie and riffed it but she remembered it and uh, she had some really pointed questions for me it was wonderful so I do have one question from the movie um, and I don't think that it was explained. I haven't watched. I know there's a second one that came out in was it 2018 that it came out. Uh, yeah, Manos Returns, the sequel. Yes. Or okay. are you talking about the restoration? Uh, well, there's one uh, about Torgo, um, the, the one I'm talking about. Oh, Torgo um, lives. Yes. I mean, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) So I haven't got, the only one I've gotten to see so far is the original. Because if I'm being honest, I didn't even know anything about them until, um, uh, until just here recently. So um, Mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun, you know, trying to discover all these different things about it. But Torgo, do they explain why he walks the way he does in the movie? 
Um, I don't know if you're talking about Torgo Lives. That's that's not my okay. film. Although I did a, a, I was asked to, to do a small part, and I did. But um, in the yeah, the, the original it, one, you know, he he has. A oh, the original one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the original script, I think he's. You know, Hal Warren, who created the film, he had this vision of Torgo being more of a satyr, like a satyr. That's what I thought. Yeah, but he didn't have the budget for that, okay. you know, and CGI didn't exist right. in those days. And so um, John Reynolds, who played Torgo, he was actually wearing my dad's uh, welding coveralls and my dad's desert scavenging hat. And my my dad made the staff, but the knees were uh, my dad created as well. Okay. Uh, see, my dad Tom Naiman was six foot two, and John Reynolds was like five foot seven or eight. Oh, so the difference there. You know these, yeah. So the coveralls were really huge on him and and spacey, and so my dad took some uh, fencing wire uh -huh. that he had and. Uh, made the you know circular and then filled the inside gave it a little cushion with some foam and uh john put his legs in that so they were they were bent he couldn't straighten his legs but right you know there's all kinds of crazy rumors like you know he ended up he committed suicide before the premiere and after mm -hmm. the film was made but uh there's and he did drugs he was mm -hmm. he was on acid some of the time but there's rumors that say that he committed suicide because of the pain of wearing these things and i'm like that's ridiculous <laughs> it was it was filmed in like eight days you don't get addicted to drugs and commit suicide because of pain of you know being uncomfortable yeah. for a few days yeah it's yeah. way more than that but yeah, they were just basically made a wire. Okay, that's the crazy thing about the internet, though. You're gonna find all kinds of silly and downright ignorant things on there. Uh, you find yeah, some very creative I, things as well, but oh there's yeah, tons of just goofy stuff on there as well. Well, and that's what led me to write my book, and um, and it's. It's what got me involved in the whole fan thing. I mean, the internet was happening, and and so I'd chime in on things to straighten people out, you know, try to clean up the stories and get things right. And uh, and when I did my book, when I wrote my book, fortunately, there were still other cast and crew members that were still living, mm -hmm. and I was able to to talk to them and interview them and get confirmation on things and fill out the story. So, but yeah, there's a lot, there's still a lot of crazy stuff out there. <laughs> I can imagine people, they have all the time in the world to come up with crazy stuff and that's what they do. They get bored and they come up with the craziest stories. So <laughs> I'm, sure yeah. I'm sure there's even more that we haven't seen yet. So you were talking about your book. Can you kind of tell me a little bit more about um, the book that you wrote? Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I held on to these memories. And so I started writing this book and I met a woman, Laura Mizuka Toop. She's an editor and we started working together. And, um, it's just, I'm really proud of it. I have four and a half stars on Amazon and Honestly, I'd be five stars, except there's one person, a relative of one of the cast members that <laughs> gave me a really scathing review. Oh, no. She, she didn't want me talking about any of it. But, really? um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, there are people from the family from the original cast, I guess the original cast, that don't want to talk about it at all then? They kind of haven't... Well, like, for instance, the... Six wives. Uh, I I tried finding them, uh -huh. and I did find two of them, and one of them wanted nothing to do with it, and I, I wasn't able to find the others mostly because I don't think their names were correct in the credits to begin with. I see. They went with stage names. 
No, Hal Warren just didn't know their oh. names. He just like made something up, I think. I oh, mean, this wow. 1966, and he wasn't, I don't think he was all that, you know, he was right. a typical 1966 macho guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but the wife that I, did find and talk to she actually found me and uh wrote me a letter we still talk she still lives in el paso and her name is not in the credits at all oh, okay so um but we have some uh, we just stay in touch we talk every couple months that's cool i, I mean that's good that you know you're able to find those uh, the ones that want to keep it uh, you know they're able to do that together you and her and I'm, I'm sure you have other people that you um still keep in contact with from there that hold well yeah pretty much nobody's alive anymore but diane marie who played my mother maggie uh -huh. she is because she was only <laughs> she's like in real life she's like only 12 years older than me oh. so <laughs> okay. uh, yeah she would have been a young mom back then but, um, yeah, she starred in my sequel, Manos Returns. Or, you know, she played my mother. She came back and played my mother. And uh, we even got her for a voice, for a voiceover in the new show that's that we're working on now called The Manos Chronicles. Yes. And uh, that'll be, boy, the poster just came out and... Uh, It'll be coming out soon on Amazon, I believe. Okay. I, I did get to see the trailer for it. It was on uh, VMO, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, it I, that looks really good. I'm, I'm actually I know. Looking, I'm looking forward to watching this quite a bit. So I, uh, can't, wait to, I can't wait to see it. Um, so before we get into that side of it and everything, I know that you also... Um, you do artwork now, correct? And you also are into design. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been a self-employed artist for uh, more than oh gosh, way more than half my life, uh -huh. most of my life. Okay. And uh, yeah, I started with uh, in my twenties. I started with hand-painted T-shirts. And uh, I built that biz business because uh, I was living in Sonoma County, California, in the wine country, and I worked mm -hmm. in the wine industry. And, and uh, I saw how well I worked in the hospitality side of it. I saw how well T-shirts sold. So I started painting, hand painting T-shirts. And uh, that business did really well because I knew all the tasting room managers, you know. Oh. And uh and then one day, several years into that, a lady said, oh, I love your T-shirt designs. Do you paint walls? And the whole industry of uh, interior specialty painting, faux finish, marbling, glazing, mm -hmm. all kinds of wall treatments. You know, people are getting away from wallpaper and looking at other things they could do. Right. Uh, murals. And uh, so... <laughs> I literally, I went and I bought a book and I bought some poster board and some paint and I played and showed her some samples and that's where it started. So I had over a 30 year career doing high end faux finish. I've done, I've, gosh, I, I did the ceiling of the Navy Nautical Museum near San Francisco. Did, <laughs> I've done a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff and. I've actually just recently retired from that uh -huh. and uh, I got talked into one last really huge job. It's literally a million dollar garage. It's oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I had to spend a week up on a 25 foot scissor lift doing a two color faux finish on, on the walls and ceilings. And uh, boy, I was like, okay. I'm cured because my kids are like, we thought you retired. I go, I know, I know. But after this job, I'm like, nope, I'm done. All done. Uh, but but I have a studio space. I do other art. And uh, so now I'm spending 
the next month or so in my studio, like really focusing on that to get into galleries and to uh, sell my art. But I have an Etsy page. I, I do a lot of Manos things. I recreated some of the things my dad did in the original Manos. Um, I some make some custom and stuff too. Well, yeah, I sell prints of the master and dog painting that were in the film. Okay. Um, I'm looking at doing uh, like a 3D printed or resin uh, Torgo hands for the hand staffs. Oh, I have a cool. lot of people that would like to have one of those staffs for conventions and such. I sell custom sized Monos robes, master's robes. You know, okay. the big black robe with the hands, the hands on, it. on it. Yeah. And they're signed and numbered. I just shipped off number 42. I've made 42 of them so far. Wow. And uh, I've shipped a couple of, I shipped one to Australia, one's in England, <laughs> all over the country. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I do all kinds of things. And now I, I've also, for the last seven years, been teaching those uh, wine and sit parties, like at bars and restaurants. Uh-huh. And uh, I started thinking about the Mystery Science Theater crowd and going online because, you know, with COVID and everything, you have to keep uh, readjusting your life, especially if you're a creative person. Or not especially, but you do anyway. So now I'm working with the Chris Gerbich, who manages uh, Frank and Trace and their online shows. And he manages Mary Jo Peel, who was also in Mystery Science Theater. And he's now managing me. We're doing online, mostly Mystery Science Theater related painting classes. So like our first class, I taught the students how to do the master and dog painting. And oh. then the last class we did Pro-T Robot, which is one of the robots in Mystery Science Theater. And, yeah. uh, and now we're doing, we're doing polls of Mystery Science Theater films that the students want me to create a painting from. So just today, I did Gamera, you know, the turtle. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> The, who breathes fire and and i did uh mothra oh cool and uh i'm telling you this is so much fun i it's outside of my normal style of painting uh-huh. but it's god i'm having so much fun and the students are blowing me away i mean with their creativity and the directions they're going with it you can see that on uh on the website dumb-industries.com and uh, that's where you'll see all the shows that Chris produces including mine it's called um, Jackie's Hands of Paint oh I love it (laughs) that's great (laughs) yeah so yeah check that out Uh, it's um you can do um, it's fourth Saturday of every month the class but if you join you can get the recording, you know? Uh-huh. So if you don't finish it if, or you can't attend the class live, you uh-huh. still have the recording that you can play with uh, your painting later. And and I there's an introductory in, uh, video that talks about not only the supplies you need, but a little bit about how to use them. Uh-huh. And uh, people are just saying, how much they enjoy my classes. I'm being compared to Bob Ross. Oh wow! <laughs> as, a, as a teacher, you know, I'm being told that I'm a real that. I just I love telling stories, as you can tell. So yeah. while we're painting, I'll tell stories or I'll answer questions, and uh, we just have so much fun. I this is one of the best ideas I've ever had. <laughs> but you can get a year subscription for like. $99 that's 12 classes or if you just want to try it out it's like 1995 or something you know 20 bucks if that's you want to try bad. out one month yeah yeah I might have to actually check that out just 
I hope I you was do. Always, I was always a big fan of Bob Ross, and now that you say that and everything, and I, I love, I used to be, whenever I was, since I've been out of school and everything, I don't, I haven't really worked with my art as much as I used to, but I uh-huh. used to be very big in art. You know, that was my favorite thing to do. I would either draw yeah. or paint or all kinds of other things. You know, uh, uh, chalk pastels was another one that I loved working with. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, in my classes, I really encourage people to, even though I'm working on canvas in uh-huh. acrylics, I encourage people to to work in whatever medium they're comfortable with or they enjoy. And so in the last class, one lady did hers on her iPad. And really? I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, God, if you want to do it in macaroni and glue go for it you know (laughs) but it's it's so fun because uh to see people expand like that and get creative and uh and and they're all saying it it's one of those things you we need we all need self-care you know we all need to do something that's just fun just for us and and it's easy to put things like art aside it is and you know that's something with my kids that I'm, I try to encourage because my daughter is very artistic um, uh-huh. so this last year we actually I got a bunch of the programs and stuff for her computer and I got her a drawing pad because she likes to draw wow. using digital formats and stuff wow. and so um, she's gotten really good at doing uh, anime Japanese animation okay and, uh, she she surpassed me by leaps and bounds when it comes to that. Wow. And, How old is she? Uh, she is going to be 12 this year. That's funny. Yeah, my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter is that age, and she's doing Japanese anime, and okay. her notebooks just blow me away. I'm like, wow. Yeah, the, there's some kids are very... Um, in touch with that artistic side I'm seeing now more than what I remember from whenever I was a kid. And I just love seeing the stuff that she's able to create. So, you know, and I just hope that we're able to cultivate that enough to where she keeps at it because she is very good at it. Oh, she will. If she's loving it like that, she'll find a way to incorporate it to her life. You know, I, I've noticed people who, when I do the paint the paint and sit parties i always get almost inevitably i get somebody that comes in and goes don't expect too much from me i've never painted and then you know theirs is my favorite painting because maybe they don't know how to use they don't have any expectation on how to use the tools or what you know so they when they loosen up uh-huh. they do some amazing things but but I usually find out that they are interested in something else that's creative. They just never tried this medium. You okay. know, maybe they cook or maybe they garden or, yeah. you know, there's all different ways to be artistic. Maybe they sew or quilt or, you know. Right. And um, so, you know, whether she sticks with with this particular thing, she'll be creative in her life. She'll find her her way. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, then you got my my son. On the other hand, he likes to uh, make comic books. He has a comic book series that he's come up with. And wow! Once in a while, he will bring one to me. He'd be like, "Dad, I want <laughs> you to look at my my newest comic book that I came up with." So <laughs> right now, he's got wow. one uh, called Zap Man that he keeps uh, making comics of, and he saves the day and everything. It's pretty cool. So I've got oh, a couple, that's cool. <laughs> I've got a couple of artistic hey. kids on my hands, and I tell them, "So just keep at it," you know. Hey, throw this out to him. My my youngest, my well, not my my third grandchild, uh-huh. four now. Uh, he's seven, uh-huh. Jace, and uh, he's taken on a, a a different name, you know, like a an alternate name. Okay. But anyways, at, at school, everybody knows him as Max Powers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good name for a character. Give that that is a good one. one. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure and uh, let him know that one. <laughs> yeah, and if he comes up with something, I'd love to see it. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll make sure and uh, when he does that, I'll, I'll let you see it. Yeah. So you have that, and the interior design, I'm guessing, goes along with the painting that you do with the 
the murals in people's homes and things like that. And you said that about the scissor lift. Did you, at one point, were you used to going up and down on the, the scaffolding and stuff like that, and now you're just like, I'm done with it? Or was this oh, one yeah. so big that it just, you know, I don't want to do this no more? No, I'm just, I mean, I'm going to be 63 years old on July 2nd. Oh, so okay. I really, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I used to do... <laughs> I mean, I used to do the craziest things. I'd be on this huge scaffold or yeah, scaffolding, but also, you know, on extension ladders and stairwells and just all kinds of crazy things. And, and I'm not, um, I'm not a thrill seeker by any means (laughs) and I don't enjoy heights. Uh I'm quite careful up there. I've never had an accident, but but it's not something I enjoy. It's just that I enjoy the challenge of the job, you know? And, and also I've always said that no matter what, I've never left a job going, sorry, I just can't get to that corner. (laughs) I mean, I always find a way and sometimes it's been really scary. And this job was incredibly challenging, even though I didn't have to physically climb up and down. Uh It was just, the, the with the beams and just the way this thing is built it took every everything I had to get through this job everything I mean I couldn't work more than three days a week and then I'd have to like just lay in bed for a day oh, no. God, it was exhausting but believe me I, I charged well this guy's <laughs> got money and I'm actually thinking uh, i've already decided i'm going to ask him to produce my next film i have um i have a plan i have okay. another film in and uh so i thought i didn't i'd ask him to invite all his rich friends to that incredible garage and we'll have a party to uh to get people to invest in my film I love it. I, love I think it. it'd be a lot easier than a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, it would. Well, and, you know, going back to what you were saying just a second ago on that, it, it also sounds like it's for the love of the art, too. You, you said you didn't leave a corner undone, and as an artist, you just can't do that. You can't leave that one little bit. Yeah. you got to give your all and everything. And, hey, it sounds like uh, you're already thinking ahead with this, and it sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, with... One thing I, I've told people over the years is with the faux finish, you know, I'm up close and personal with it. And I'm like, you have to touch every inch of wall. And usually you're going over it more than once. Well, several times. I mean, and, uh, but then I'd step back and then I can't tell you how many times the client would come in. And I'd step back and we'd both stand there looking at the walls and we'd both go, wow. <laughs> I mean, I amazed myself. I, one of my favorite things to do is marbling. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, once I did this home theater with these fender board columns on either side of the, the screen and, and I did them to look like marble. Uh-huh. And uh, a friend of the client came in and the client says, look what Jackie did. And the client was really confused. She told me that until we explained to her that I painted it, she was trying to figure out, like, did I go and quarry the marble and bring it in? (laughs) Couldn't figure it out. She thought it was real. (laughs) Well, I mean, that says a lot towards your, um, your, your, your talent that you have there, you know, if they're, they can't even tell the difference, then you, you've got that down pat. You're doing yeah. awesome. Well, I have a Facebook page called Jackie's art. I haven't uh-huh. been um, doing much with it. I'm trying to transfer everything over to the Jackie Neiman Jones fan page. Okay. But on Jackie's art, it's J A C K E Y S on Jackie's art on Facebook. And uh, if you look at the photos, there's, I've put, you know, a lot of the work that I've done in the past, some of my favorite stuff. Okay. So you can get an idea. You said that's Jackie's art? Jackie's art. Huh. 
Well, I will have to make sure and look that up on there. Um, actually, I just found it just now. Awesome. Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> go ahead and like it right now. There we go. Oh, cool. But yeah, uh, you look through the photos and you'll you'll see. Okay. So, if we move on from that, you've been in the the art business and the um, design business. You said for most of your life there. Now, yeah. um, what made you get back into doing the the movies? You know, it's uh, God is just kind of natural progression it's because of monos i've met so many interesting people there's been a number of projects very talented projects that were inspired by this terrible movie and uh, you know there's there's four stage productions out in the world uh-huh. <laughs> and uh well one of them is a, a rock opera uh, Oh. Um, but there's uh, coloring books and video games and trading cards and uh, so it, pretty much anything to do with monos mm-hmm. I know everybody you know because we've met or talked or but there's a puppet theater that was in Seattle Washington and I live in i live near portland oregon so only about three and a half hours away but this woman rachel jackson does puppet theater and i learned of her because she did a play called monos the hands of felt (laughs) and and you can find clips of that on youtube it was hilarious but i contacted her and she invited me up so and we became friends and through this i just become friends with different people and uh four of us got together and decided to do a sequel so we we wrote the script and produced it and one of them tanya atomic directed it rachel jackson who had done hands of felt was uh was assistant director and a local filmmaker joe sherlock i've been in i think seven of his films he does really wow. fun uh like boobies beer and blood you know movies <laughs> okay. and uh, he was our cinematographer uh-huh. and uh and the and we're the three of us women are in it i star in it as uh the master that that monos universe is imagining that 50 years later that the little girl Debbie was raised in this cult and now she's taking over the role of the master. She becomes the master. So, oh. so, you know, in this film, I've still got all these wives around, but I don't have any use for them. And they're always bickering. And, you know, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty grumpy in this film. We have a Torgo. He's wonderful. Okay. And then uh, in the Monos Chronicles, the new web series that I'm working on, I also star in it. And I'm Debbie, again, uh-huh. all these years later. But this time, it's a different universe. It's this, It's what if Debbie escaped from the Valley Lodge and she spent most of her life in hiding. And now she's ready to to put good out in the world to get retribution not necessarily against the cult directly but by by battling evil in the world oh wow that that, that sounds like an intriguing story in that I yeah i mean that's that. the thing it, it's like monos hands of fate all these there's been other books written mm-hmm. uh there's a new book out now the monos novel that i wrote the the uh, introduction to and it's uh-huh. by bill hatfield and it's out on amazon just in this last week oh. and uh it's him taking that very thin original story and building a whole nother story out of it it's wow. it's just so interesting how there's something about this film that inspires people <laughs> to create something completely different and 
I just, I'll never get tired of it. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, so I've been asking a lot of people that I've been having come on here uh, this, and I think I'm just going to continue this um, uh, this line here. Is there something that you would like to tell your fans directly? Ah, that's a good question. Well, I just I just like to say that when when Monos was first when it first showed up in 1993 and by chance, my dad happened to be watching Mystery Science Theater that day. <laughs> and so he was pretty shocked when 27 years later, he opens his eyes from taking a nap and goes, what? And <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty shocking to all of us. And, but I called Comedy Central that day and told them, that I, they had just shown a film that I'd been looking for all my life. Mm-hmm. And if I could get a copy and, and uh, he sent me a, you know, he copied off a VHS copy right then and there and sent it to me from New York. And, and I remember going in my bedroom and watching it by myself. And I was satisfied. I was just happy. I got what I wanted. And I thought that was the end of it. And it wasn't. <laughs> it's and, just the beginning. Uh, yeah. And so th- through the first 10 years or so, every time something new would come along, I'd, I'd get involved, I'd do it, and I'd learn about it and then support it. And then I'd be like, well, that was fun and think <laughs> it was over. But I I realized this thing's just going to keep going. And if anything, it's getting bigger all the time. And at this point, I'm pretty much it. I'm, I, it, my book's called Growing Up with Monos, The Hands of Fate, uh-huh. How I Was the Child Star of the Worst Movie Ever Made and Lived to Tell the Story. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm very proud of it. And I just can't believe this keeps going. I, I hope that people keep engaging uh-huh. with me uh, my next project that I'm was talking about uh, finding funding for is a documentary. I oh. want to do a documentary about Manos and cover all the different angles of it. I mean, the dark side too. Yeah. <laughs> the dark things that have happened and the fans, but more and more people are telling me that it's becoming a family thing for them. You know, people that grew up with MST now have kids and they're introducing their kids to it. And and it's become something that is bringing people together. I mean, that's kind of my <laughs> my goal in life, you know? I, um, uh, I just love bringing people together and what an incredible way to do it, you know? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm just so grateful. That's what I want to tell fans. I'm just so grateful for people reaching out and all the friends I've made and the wonderful experiences because of this crazy thing. I mean, who, <laughs> how could you plan this? You know, you can't. Yeah. Is there anything else that you um, want to announce that might be coming up? I know we've talked about. You just uh, mentioned uh, the documentary that you want to try to get funding for. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you've uh, talked about the TV show that's coming out. Talked about your book. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, maybe talk about before we get off of here? Maybe just have people go look at my Etsy. I've okay. got Etsy. Uh, it's Jackie's Monos. And uh, we also just started a new website. It's just in bare bones at the moment but it's also it's jackiesmonos.com so between the fan page and the website that's where i intend to funnel everything that i do so people can and so i myself can keep track of me (laughs) (laughs) you're not spreading yourself too thin you've got it all in one or two spots yeah, I mean, that's it. I do spread myself. I always have spread myself too thin, but now I've got 
this amazing team of people working with me, supporting me and helping me get organized and on track. So I'm very excited about where things are going. All right. Well, Jackie, it has been wonderful having you on here. I've had a lot of fun talking to you and I can't wait to see your new series. And hopefully we will be able to see that documentary come out soon too. That would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's on my mind a lot. It's going to happen. All right. Well, you have a wonderful night and I will talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Eric. And this is Bill. And this is Jim. We are Oh No Not Them. If you're into pop culture, music, pro wrestling, anything fun, and you want to listen to three old friends just talking off the cuff, completely unscripted, unplanned, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. Oh No Not Them. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Fascinating people. Fascinating places. The weekly podcast available on all major platforms. I definitely knew I was going to be an astronaut. That coronavirus is a work of God. There's a huge conspiracy at work. There were a number of spies. It straddles fantasy and reality. It ain't so funny once the rabbit got the gun. Uh, you're, about. you're not a Christian, you're a liar. Hey there, friends. Interested in another podcast to listen to between episodes? Well, you're in luck. Come check out Bloody Babble's podcast. We are a gaggle of babblers who talk of true crime and other gory wonderment. New episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are streamed. Happy babbling, my friends. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. She was a lot of fun to talk to. I've got to speak to her quite a bit here um, since I did this episode and, uh, yeah, she's a pretty awesome lady and I can't wait to maybe have her on again in the future once she has her new show air, maybe when the documentary comes out, even have her come on and kind of talk more about that. So things have been kind of crazy around here. As you all know, um, I had to kind of take a break from this because of some family things that were going on but I'm on my way to getting back on track Um, so this episode is coming out today is Friday the 24th Um, so as you're hearing this um, I am actually a little behind on my episodes the guy that I was supposed to have on come next this next episode, um, Decure, I have it set up to where I will have him come on. I'm going to record with him in the next week. And then I still have Phil Lawler that's coming on um, this next week as well. So things are going to be a little bit jumbled there, but I will get them issued out as quickly as I can and as efficiently as I can. I still look forward to having all these awesome conversations with these great people. So, if you'll just bear with me, I'll make sure and get everybody that I can on here just like normal and get everything back on track. If you guys have any questions or concerns or anything that you want to talk about, you can hit me up on my email account, and that is giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. You can also come and find me on the socials, and that is at IYGADAP on Facebook. IGADAP, it's the acronym for If You Give a Data Podcast. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Give a Data Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, and that's DadPodcast11. Um, I update it regularly whenever something happens or something special is going on. I usually put stuff out there on those. I'm also on Snapchat. You can find me on there as well. Yeah, just come and find me and follow me. For those who came to listen to this episode with uh, Jackie Naaman Jones, I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you stick around for some of the other people that I have on the show. I enjoy doing this. And I can't wait to bring more episodes to you. I uh, love what I do. And uh, I, like I said, I can't wait to bring more your way. So I'm going to close the show out. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week. I love you guys. 
and I will see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed our show, come back next week. Come on, guys. You know you want to come back. Might get some laughs.